Oh, I don't like his eyeballs. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is July 31st, 2020. This is episode 226. And this week, Soul Cages. And you know me, I'm not your echo chamber, I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome back to another episode, live. Or if you're listening later, not live. Yeah, whether, whether it's live or not live, it's okay, you still... You're still on the team. I realized at the beginning of every episode, I'm still saying this week and then the title of the show. But uh, we do three shows a week now. How has it taken me six months to realize this flaw, this fly in the ointment of our opening? Your, but that's okay. <laughs> your time, Nobody's complained. Your time references are always wacky anyway. It's I like know, this week, this a, month, today. Yesterday, Time is a flat circle. I know it's flat and circular. <laughs> All right. Oh, Gonzo. Well, I have a I have an admission to make. Oh. Um, I was a little bit late for the show, but I I let you know beforehand, yep. so it didn't catch you by surprise. Um, but I was as usual very hungry right before the show. Oh boy. But I didn't want to be even more late, so <laughs> I uh, I skipped any sort of real food, and I I made a conglomeration of uh, nutritional powders into a shake, and I kind of just mixed them all together. There was like some algae and some mushroom powders and some superfoods and some green energy powders. I had about five or six different powders, mixed them all together, blended them up, chugged it on down. And there is a non-zero chance that I will have to turn off my microphone and my camera and go puke sometime (laughs) during this show. Good to Uh, know. Do it on air. Yeah, that was that's good radio. A lot of (laughs) there's a lot of really exciting things to put in my body on an empty stomach right before um, you know I'm going to be trapped in a chair for two hours or something. So we'll see. It'll make it exciting. But if I do disappear completely, it's because something horrible has happened and i am uh, i have sealed my own fate by testing uh the the nutritional limits that my body can handle yeah you think you're doing good to your body but then you know you, you put in all that healthy stuff all in one giant mix and you're asking it's for it's happened before yeah it's it's a it's, it's a dangerous thing trying to be healthy i'll either be running on pure white hot jet fuel <laughs> and uh feeling great or um my body will say nope let's try this again mister well so there you go that's that's the case if i disappear okay good uh if i disappear it's because the throbbing pain in my left calf is to the point where it's unbearable. I think I got bit by a spider. Your left calf. My left yeah, calf. Okay. And it I think I got bit a couple days ago. And yesterday I woke up. I, I stood up and I almost fell over from the pain. And and I'm it just hurts and it's swelling and I mean I, I don't know if it's it's the, been like this for more than a day. Yeah, it's been like two days. It might be infected. Oh yeah. You might need a doctor more than I do, but we'll see. Well, this is a good test. <laughs> this is a good test. Who has a medical emergency first on the show? We we do it. We're going to keep going forward. 
rain or shine, puke or infected leg. We're just going to yeah. plow forward. And you know what's funny, too? I was telling uh, the wife, I'm like, hey, uh, leg looking a little swollen uh, kind of hurts a lot when I stand up. You know, anytime I was reading some stuff and it said elevate your leg. Yeah, so I was doing that. And then anytime I oh get gosh. up, it's just so much pain. Uh, and she goes, I'm pregnant. I have no sympathy for you. And I'm like, you're 100% <laughs> correct. I don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. Baking Touché. soda for spider bites. I, I saw that and I mentioned it to the wife and she said, uh, you have to do that right away. Like right when you get the spider web, you can't do it like two days afterwards. So I, I'm, I'm thinking sorry. You have to do what? What, what is this baking, solution? Uh, baking powder or baking oh, soda? Yes. Baking based? soda. Yeah. Yes. To like suck out A very the, very effective uh oops i've messed up our notes somehow let me see if i can put it back uh a very effective bee sting uh solution as well a little yes. bit of baking powder and some water and just slurp it on there yeah. as thick as you can takes away the pain takes down the swelling yeah. okay there's your alternative <laughs> medicine tips for the day yeah, we uh, got, not we alternative got uh, f- uh f- folk folk medicine it's been our folk medicine uh uh, whatever segment all right i think it's time to get into a flippy update unless you have anything else to talk about no and actually i think the this flippy might this vampire flippy might be able to help both of us <laughs> i'm being That's sarcastic right. don't but. give it away electronicdesign.com hit me with that flippy jingle flippy update do you want fries with that do you want fries with that? For those who don't know, Flippy is the colloquial name for the uh, lovely disembodied arm robotic. Oh my gosh, I've lost it. That, that's what I try to get for <laughs> con- extemporaneously doing this. <laughs> Flippy is our colloquial name for the lovely robotic, disembodied robotic arm who is uh, taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use it as a proxy conversation to talk about how robotics are sneaking their way into every aspect of our lives. Uh oh. Okay, I think this is just normal show birds. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, move. Here we go. I'm over on electronicdesign.com. Medical vampire robot seeks human vein, <laughs> inserts needle, sucks blood. Oh no. This, this nearly autonomous medical robotic system uses ultrasonic imaging to locate a suitable forearm vein, then inserts a needle at the critical angle and distance, and finally draws a sample of blood. Finally, finally. draws a sample of blood. Oh my gosh. Inserting a needle into the vein in someone's arm and drawing a blood sample or inserting an intravenous line is a common medical procedure and often an essential first step in patient care. The challenge of obtaining successful venous access ranges successful venous access oh no ranges from easy to very difficult depending on the subject's veins and physiology as well as the skill of the medical technician oftentimes it ends in a frustrating unsuccessful outcome that requires retries delays and even additional help this clinical procedure is performed more than 1.4 billion times yearly in the United States. Wow, that seems like way too many times. Uh, however, according to clinical studies, it fails in 27% of patients Yikes. without visible veins, 40% of patients without palpable veins, and 60% of emaciated patients. Instrumentation with ultrasound imaging is available to assist clinicians in locating the vein, but manual needle insertion under 
ultrasound guidance requires a careful hand-eye coordination for steady placement and control of both the probe and needle. Near-infrared imaging systems are also used, but they have a penetration depth of only about 3 millimeters and tend to be ineffective with obese patients. Wow, I feel like I just got a really good crash course in in, uh, taking blood. Now, on to the good stuff. Now, a team based in Rutgers University has developed and is field testing a nearly autonomous robotic system that locates a likely suitable vein, inserts the needle, and even draws the blood sample. This venipuncture device is designed to safely perform blood draws on peripheral forearm veins. The system combines ultrasound imaging and miniaturized robotics to identify suitable vessels for cannulation and robotically guide an attached needle towards what's called the lumen center. Clinician does the setup of general positioning of the machine with respect to the subject's arm, sterilizing, wiping the target zone, applying ultrasound, hydrogel, and selecting the target's veins center as displayed on a monitor. These coordinates are then used by the device to determine the necessary kinematics to ensure that the needle tip intersected the ultrasound imaging plane at the vessel center. Once aligned and steady, the operate then initiates the insertion procedure and the injection axis carriage drives the attached needle tip forward at a 25 degree angle relative to the participant's arm to the target of the vein center, inserts the needle and draws five milliliter blood samples. Boom. There you go. This is a very involved article. It was very well laid out. Uh, only about a dozen words that I don't know what they mean, but Long story short, you know, it's uh, uh, nursing has been one of those um, uh, professions, vocations, if you will, that uh, have been considered, um, you know, uh, impact resistant from the robotic takeover. But it seems like one by one, the nurses jobs are getting taken over as well. So, you know, I think uh, I was just going to say this. Uh, if you want to go uh, do some kind of black market thing here, we can buy a whole bunch of these and uh-huh. uh, move to China and have some kind of underground opium den where <laughs> we have like this heroin lab mm. place. Yeah. Where people can sit that, there and, you know, your entire have- paragraph there just gives me such a clear example, <laughs> Gans, of how much you know about heroin and opium. <laughs> so that's good to know. <laughs> I've seen movies. Don't they like stick a needle in their arm with the, uh, yeah, but, you know, people do that in America too. You don't need to, I know, opium but is, it, opium den. We have to get out of the country if we're going to do black market. Smoked, <laughs> smoked in a, in a opium pipe. Yeah. Opium. All right. But yeah, anyways, yeah. there you go. The safe, safe blood draws. No human needed. Well, I guess a little human needed or a regular sized human, but just a little bit of, uh, a little bit of attention there so i just yeah this yeah. is I the, know. you know i could see sweden putting this into uh you know into work at their uh safe medically supervised uh heroin clinics you know if you have a heroin problem over there in some of those scandinavian countries you just go to a clinic and they'll safely do it for you so you don't have to do it in a parking garage or something Sweet. I will say, fun story, 
uh, along the lines of Sweden and heroin. Um, (laughs) How come you know so much about heroin? I was in Sweden once and I pulled into a parking garage and there was just a very pleasant looking Swedish man uh, shooting up some heroin. It was very exciting. Exciting. Yeah. I've seen (laughs) stuff like that on the, the streets of L.A. Just walking Ooh. around. Yeah, see, sweet in Sweden, it was much more as cleanly. It was safe. They're clean drug addicts over there. Apparently, he looked like a you know he didn't look like a normal American heroin addict. He looked like a Scandinavian prince who just happens to occasionally shoot up heroin in a gra- in a parking garage. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's your Flippy update. Vampire Yahoo! robot. Flippy's going vampire. Let's uh, yeah. let's move on. We got some quick updates, and then we'll get to some of the main stories here. We interrupt this broadcast to give you a brief update. By the end of this timely interruption, you will be thoroughly updated. The four horsemen of the technocalypse. Anytime you see the four horsemen, it's something special. Aliens. That's a whole bunch of stuff. Ooh. All right. So, uh, of course, on Twitter, if uh, my little thing would load here. Come on, computer. It disappeared. There it is again. Elon Musk tweeted out. Come on, little circle. There it is. Aliens built the pyramids. OBV, like, obviously. Right. So, yeah, there you go. Okay. There's, your, there's your. So, there we go. <laughs> We've got the, the we secret it knowledge out. handed down from Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon Musk said well, it. He really does just kind of tweet whatever he wants, huh? Yeah, apparently he's not listening to his partner, Grimes, and he's just ignoring her with the you know, the phone thing, or she said, yeah, Hey, more tweets Grimes about might aliens be on board with that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she's the one that told him. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he uh, replied to himself. Ramsey's a second was cool with the shades and happy face. <laughs> okay. Elon, <laughs> the great pyramid was the tallest structure made by humans for 3,800 years, 3,800 years. He, wow. he wrote it in numbers and, in English letters. Anyway, I think he might be doing some heroin. <laughs> Let's going to move on. Here. <laughs> He's been known to experiment with different drugs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Some other updates here. $100 billion. I don't have any money. <laughs> have you noticed the dollar going down? Dollar I index. have not been paying attention. Oh, no. not looking good, man. And this is a uh, Forbes.com. Uh, how bad was second quarter GDP really? And this is hilarious. The advanced gross domestic product report shows that in the second quarter of 2020, U.S. GDP declined at an annual rate of 32.9%. They just couldn't quite get it to 33%. They were so <laughs> just close. Just couldn't quite let it get to 33. <laughs> they were so close. Wow, that's funny. What kind of messaging is that? I think it's, uh, they're saying, hey, just round it up. You know, we're close enough. Mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe that, or maybe they're like, don't worry, everything's going to be fine, elites. Yeah, yeah. Headlines called it a historically poor showing, the biggest single quarter decline in GDP since 1947 when the government began tracking the figure using modern methods. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, that yeah, there you go. Your dollar is uh is going down. You know it's now, crazy. GDP. Yeah. GDP if I'm not mistaken, GDP is just a a uh 
a reflection of all of the money that changed hands within the country, correct? I think so. Hold on. Yeah, I don't think it's like, you know, America's profit or anything like that. I think it's a total number of money that changed hands altogether, which... I could yeah. be wrong. That's my current understanding. And somebody, f- please feel free to correct me on that. Um, but if that's the case, that's not very surprising at all. Well, I do find more interesting the 32.9 <laughs> as a as a signaling number. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, part of it, too, is that they printed $6 trillion in this quarter. And so for all that, for it to go down while they printed so much money, you know, the, the, and that's why the dollar is devaluing. And then, yeah. you know, Trump tweeted out the other day that like, hey, your, your houses are going to go up. The prices of houses are going to go up. And uh, it's one of those issues where it's like, yeah, that's because, you know, they hide hyperinflation with things like real estate and uh, make it seem like you're making more money. But in fact, right. your, your dollar purchasing power is going down and it's going down comparatively to other uh, currencies around the world. And, and all the yes, talk. everybody in chat, I know that the letters GDP mean gross domestic product. I understand that the word that what the words that the words exist. Um, but actually, right here, here we go. Essentially, GDP is the total value of all goods and services produced in a country over a period of time. Right. So, yeah, it's it's on a manufacturing level, everything that was uh, produced and sold as well as services too, things like Uber and, you know, made services, things like that. Right. And speaking of uh, 33 updates. 33 is the number of completion of the Great War. The first temple of Solomon stood for 33 years. David ruled for 33 years in Jerusalem. The Masonic Order divided into 33 symbolic degrees. There are 33 segments in the human spinal column. Jesus was crucified in the 33rd year of his life. This is uh, news.yahoo.com. And we talked about this in the last episode. Uh, Trump, Kodak will manufacture pharmaceuticals under Defense Production Act. And um, I think somebody in the, the, the chat mentioned this while we were on air last time, but it says here, President yeah, this Trump- was related. this was related to Kodak going into pharmaceuticals. Yes, as the title states. President Trump announces that Kodak will be begin manufacture pharmaceuticals under his administration's 33rd Use of the Defense Production Act. Booyah. 33rd time. That's right. And it keeps re- it repeatedly being reported that uh, Kodak is going to produce uh, the ingredients for pharmaceuticals, uh, such as those required to create hydrochloroquine. They, they want us to remember <laughs> that that's yeah. related. If Trump is doing anything, you know, first they lambasted him for not using the uh, Defense Production Act. And now he uses the Defense Production Act, but it's for that silly hydrochloroquine that is such a scam. Um, so, you know, the guy just can't win. And it's okay. You yep. get it. And in his press conference, verbally, when he mentioned this, he said uh, it's their 33, 33rd use of the Defense Production Act. He said it three times. Mm. So there you go. Lots of threes. 33 times 33. three. Yeah. Yeah. 
99. And for those who don't know, if you're new to the show, uh, we like to keep track of the 33 number uh, showing up in, well, geopolitics, national politics, anywhere in the news, because 33 is commonly known to be some sort of signaling number uh, for the elites, uh, sort of a hiding in plain sight type of situation. And so we don't know exactly what is being communicated every time 33 is used, um, but uh, it is commonly known as a signaling number uh for you know messaging on a broad scale yeah so and uh, that's why we pay attention to 33 baby yeah and of course the 33 degrees of freemasonry is a common theme or a common uh point of reference that comes up often and uh Mm -hmm. 33 degrees uh longitude and latitude uh placing all kinds of different things uh, monuments and stuff ancient structures yeah, right. all line there uh but yes that that was our little 33 update we got a quick short race wars update here race wars race wars race war i've warned you and warned you and warned you and this one is from msnbc trump use of federal forces in u.s cities a failed experiment and so they're pulling out the federal troops from portland did you hear about this basil no, oh, you I did not hear about this. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're pulling out, and uh, so you got the Democratic uh, leader there in Portland. Uh, I I just want to point out the hypocrisy here in this in this clip. Um, he she was asked about uh, what it took, what kind of deal it took to get the federal, uh, you know, the federal police out of their city, and here's what she mm. said. Look, um, what was really clear is that uh, this was a political strategy. It was not about problem solving. It was purely about political theater and scoring points uh, with Trump's base. Uh, And clearly their political strategy has backfired. Uh, They are leaving. Trump's troops are leaving the city of Portland. And that's a very good thing. Okay, so now she, does this mean they're abandoning the federal courthouse? No, or? so they they're gonna have so this uh, governor here is going to Kate Brown in Oregon. She's gonna deploy the local police to do the protecting of. Uh, uh, according to her, she's gonna be uh, yeah, well, letting if them. She did that in the first place. I know. They wouldn't have <laughs> needed to call the feds in. Well, she. Well, that's the thing is uh, we're, we're not gonna play the whole five minute little interview thing here, but. Basically, she claimed that the federal uh, police stepping in actually caused all the violence. And mm. I, I, I don't know if you caught the little hypocrisy in there for what, about what she said, but she's like, oh, you know, Trump used this for political reasons. Right. And then she calls it the Trump troops as if she's not <laughs> Trump troops. as if she's not being political in this little position here. So. I don't right. know. Politics is so filled with hypocrisy all over the place. It's, no, it's you're being political. No, you're being political. <laughs> That's political. I would never to be political. political. I'm just a politician. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll keep an eye on what's going on there because uh, apparently um, she spoke with the vice president and uh, they agreed to pull out the federal police. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens to Portland if the peaceful protests continue. Peaceful protests intensify. Yep, yep, yep. Um, let's see. Yeah, more googly eyes makes you look like a big joke. Stupid idiots. Awesome. Super nice. Truth be known. On on what? YouTube, I'm just re- reading a comment. Stop reading comments. You've got another <laughs> update to go. 
I will I block know. him for you. Just real nice people in the comments all the time. Uh, I've let's see. pretty good. I'm liking this blocking thing. Somebody says something that annoys me. I just, bye-bye. Yeah. I don't like doing that, though. I, I let people speak I their minds. That's, I, I have fun. Yeah, you have fun. Okay, one more quick update here. He's a Satanist from one of the Satanist churches here where they sacrifice babies. This will set us up for the whole Epstein releasing of all the documents. Uh, finance.yahoo.com. This is more of like a just letting you guys know type of thing. The ritual abuse problem, Scotland and the United States. First online conference due to COVID-19. Uh, basically, they have an annual ritual abuse and mind control conference, which was moved online. I think we reported on ha them having this a few weeks ago, but because of the whole Rona's they're uh they're moving it to uh online and uh so anybody that wants to attend uh maybe something to take a look at ritualabuse.us slash smart conferences august 8th and 9th that's saturday and sunday and uh, they'll be talking about ritual abuse and uh just the effects of it and i don't know i don't think they get into the spiritual side of things i think this is more from like a secular perspective but at least they're having the yeah, discussion. That's interesting. I think, yeah, I, I, you know, anybody who wants to talk about it and bring it to the light and, you know, because uh, it's all attached to the Epstein issue and the ongoing uh, sex trafficking going on all around the world, uh, very closely related. So another one of those things, the more it can get brought into the light, then uh, uh, no matter, you know what perspective it's coming from as long as it's uh in opposition right that's okay with me yeah and it's really interesting because oh. there's a mm -hmm. before we go on there's a there's a little section called misinformation campaign against survivors and it says that child and ritual abuse survivors and their advocates have been attacked by misinformation campaigns the last several years so um you know again they're addressing some of the the bigger issues with this topic and uh, so anyway, just wanted to let you guys know, I don't know the validity of all the people that are speaking. Once again, I'm not, I didn't do all the digging or the research on it, but uh, I wanted to let you all know so that if you know somebody or are curious, you can check it out. And I think it relates to the story here that we're getting into the plethora of stories regarding uh, the situation with Epstein. Epstein didn't kill himself. That's right. We're going to start over here at courtlistener.com. Yeah, we, oh. we didn't talk about this in the prep, but that's just the link to the documents that was released. Ah, yes. Yeah. So they uh, okay. released a whole bunch of stuff last night, Thursday, the 30th, I think. And um, from what I understand, uh, there's not anything too groundbreaking for anybody that's been really looking at this for a long time, but a lot of it had to do with the Virginia Guffrey uh, testimonies. And, but there were some emails between Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein that were in there and, and uh, some other things, but I uh, wanted to include the link for anybody curious and wanting to go through it. I'll drop that in the chat and it'll be in the, uh, in the description or the, uh, show notes at canarycrynewstalk.com. So, yeah. um, and these were the documents that, uh, Alan Dershowitz was trying to get his hands on. Correct. You know, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but okay. Well, we'll let's go we'll on to this it. next story then. Cause it's all connected. Yep. Newsweek.com. Uh, the title is Alan Dershowitz says unsealed Epstein docs prove he is innocent. <laughs> None of it is true. <laughs> 
Yikes. Alan Dershowitz claims unsealed documents regarding Jeffrey Epstein's alleged sex trafficking accomplice, Ghislaine Maxwell. And uh, yeah, I'll just say it. uh, I'll just say it because people keep wanting me to say it. Uh, We know that it's not pronounced Ghislaine Maxwell. It's pronounced Ghislaine. Um, But uh, she does not deserve the respect of me pronouncing her name correctly. So her name in the emails to. was G Max, I think. Is the way <laughs> cool. Epstein referred to her. So cool maybe we can email. do that. Hey, what up, G Max? No way. I'm not going to call her that. <laughs> Alan Dershowitz claims unsealed documents regarding Jeffrey Epstein's alleged sex trafficking accomplice, Ghislaine Maxwell, proved he, quote, never had sex with anyone associated with Epstein. After the files outlined allegations against him, an accuser named Jane Doe number three in the documents claimed to have been trafficked to Dershowitz, an emeritus Harvard Law School professor. The documents described Dershowitz as, quote, a close friend of Epstein's and claimed Jane Doe number three was forced by the financier who was found dead in a New York jail cell while awaiting trial to have sexual relations with Dershowitz. Jane Doe number three is said to have kept as a sex slave for Epstein. Virginia Guffrey, who publicly accused Epstein, also claimed to have been with Dershowitz. He has previously denied such allegations. A defamation, lo- uh, defamation suit involving Dershowitz was previously settled in 2016, with lawyers having dis- described it as a mistake to accuse him of having sex with a minor. This was also mentioned in the release documents. Contacted by Newsweek, Dershowitz said he had wanted the documents to be unsealed as he believes they indicate Guffrey, quote, made up the entire story about me. Uh, The quote continues, the documents prove I never had sex with anyone associated with Epstein, he said, branding those making allegations false accusers and suggesting they were made for financial gain. In regards to allegations that he witnessed abuse, Dershowitz told Newsweek, quote, I never saw Epstein do anything improper. If I had, I would have reported him. I have sworn to that when Guffrey said that to her lawyers, she did not say she had sex with me. Her story changed. None of it is true. I never met her. I never saw Epstein in the presence of anyone underage. He also referred to another woman who made allegations against Epstein and said he had sex. Uh, she had sex videos of prominent figures, but later said she invented the claims in an interview with the New Yorker. Newsweek has reached out to Guffrey for comment, though her nonprofit—sorry, uh, through her nonprofit organization—victims refuse silence. The fresh details come after U.S. District Judge Loretta Preska released documents on Thursday, uh, as planned by a July 23rd decision to unseal the files from a 2015 defamation case. Maxwell had lost a bid to block the unsealing. The documents make reference to several other prominent figures. Maxwell was arrested July 2nd, 2020 in New Hampshire with charges of perjury, sex trafficking, and enticement to minors and remains in custody after being denied bail. She awaits trial and has denied the charges against her. Wow, I can't believe she's survived all of July. Very impressive. Epstein, a prominent financier, was convicted of sexual assault. He was found dead and blah, blah, blah. And then it tells the story of Epstein after that, which we're all aware of. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Dershowitz uh, just continuing to trying to defend himself, uh, which, you know, he's been having to deal with these uh, allegations for almost five years now. 
Yeah, but it's interesting how it's almost like a double down now that the, yeah. the papers are released. He's like, yeah, it proves me innocence. And it's like, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. You're nope. mentioned like 80 something <laughs> these- times in these documents. <laughs> You know? <laughs> You're mentioned way too often like a, in these yeah, documents. I mean, maybe once or twice. I think Trump is mentioned once, if I'm not mistaken. He's mentioned once as like a kind of an offshoot type of comment in there. Not so much anything specifically he did. Uh, but, you know, there's another story that's been uh, that really popped up as part of, I don't know, maybe an anti-Dershowitz campaign going on, too. And this mm-hmm. was on meow.com super duper credible meow.com have you heard of meow.com basil <laughs> no i've never heard of it you don't, you don't know about it okay um it says uh the title of the the article epstein pal alan dershowitz argued statutory rape was an outdated concept age of consent be lowered to 15 right and uh alan dershowitz accused of sleeping with an underage girl and a sensational string of court uh, old court records from a settled defamation lawsuit by alleged sensational string of court records. What does that mean? Uh, what is what is that trying to message? That's uh, strange. Uh, by alleged Jeffrey Epstein's sex slave Virginia Guffrey once wrote an op-ed arguing that statutory rape is an outdated concept. It has been revealed in the documents which were released publicly on July 30th. Epstein, a convicted pedophile who died in prison last year, was accused of urging Jane Doe number three. Uh, to have sexual relations with Dershowitz, quote, one such powerful individual that Epstein forced then minor Jane Doe, number three, to have sexual relations with former, far, for, former, ooh, former Harvard law professor Alan Dershowitz, a close friend of Epstein, it said. Um, let me get to the part here where it talks about some of the things that she, so there's a there was a tweet that went out that had a, like a screenshot of a newspaper. With the headline, statutory rape is an outdated concept. It was written by Alan Dershowitz. And um, the, uh, in the piece, Dershowitz pointed out how many women had admitted to having sex before it was legal in their states, bringing notice to how different states had different ages of consent and how prosecution for cases of statutory rape was very selective. Quote, 99% of statutory rape are not prosecuted, he wrote. This raises a fundamental question about the continuing legitimacy of statutory rape laws at a time when sex involving teenagers is so rampant and prosecution for statutory rape so selective. It is obvious that there must be criminal sanctions against sex with very young children, but it is doubtful whether such sanctions should apply to teenagers above the age of puberty since voluntary Mm. sex is so common in their age group, is what Mm. he wrote. Uh, he went on to argue that prosecution in such cases could be avoided by reducing the age of consent quote, based on demographic criteria, the age of consent should be lowered. He continued and further quote, it certainly should not be as high as 17 or 16 reasonable people can disagree over whether it should be as low as 14, 15 would seem like an appropriate compromise End quote. Hmm. Yeah, kind of gnarly to say that out there. <laughs> uh, having, yeah, well, especially when you're being accused of such crimes. Yeah. Uh, and if you're trying to prove your innocence, why would you go so far as to try to change, take a stand to change a law that you allegedly did not break? Right. And it's, um, and especially the timing of this. This is, in, I think, 1997 or something is when this was published. So, yeah, I mean... Not looking good, you know, in terms of the data 
the stuff yeah. that's publicly available. You're not going to hear this on news necessarily on the mainstream news, certainly. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Dershowitz is, uh, looking too good. And you know, what's really interesting is one of the guys that we've been talking about. And by the way, um, Basil, I give you permission to throw up during all of this. It would actually <laughs> make the Thank show. You. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll <laughs> put us on the map. Make us go viral. Make a real, make a real impression. Googly there. eyes vomits while talking about Epstein case. Um, There's one more little update uh, regarding yeah. this whole thing. Before here. you go there, though, the one other thing about Dershowitz uh-huh. that I wanted to mention was uh, Mike Cernovich, who uh, blocked me and blocked a whole bunch of people in the truther community for pointing out some of his inconsistencies and 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 some of the things that he has uh, potentially ties to uh, Mossad and Zionists and stuff. He came out and defended Dershowitz a while ago. And, mm-hmm. and I think Trump even hired him at one point as his lawyer. So I don't know, man, this whole thing is like just messy. And I don't think big, we're ever going to get to uh, a yeah, hard bottom messy bowl. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you ask the question who benefits and it, it really, it's hard to tell now, you know, you got like on Twitter, at least you have a lot of anti-Trumpers using this opportunity to go after Trump, you know? Oh yeah. See, Trump name mentioned once, uh, very right. not specific anything, and that validates you know all these other allegations against him. Yeah, and well, and it, you know the other side of that is everybody. I mean, it's hard to yeah, hard to pick a major celebrity or major politician who isn't named uh, in relation to Epstein in one way or another, and yeah. that was kind of the whole point. You know, whether or not Epstein was doing his own uh, operation or the theories, uh, which there is some evidence to suggest that he was related to some uh, intelligence communities around the world and was actually doing what he did in, you know, in cooperation with uh, intelligence agencies in order to build a a blackmailing network. Um, Yeah. You know, either way. It's, there's all sorts of powerful people mixed up and which makes it even that much more difficult uh, to, yeah. to prosecute in the end. You and, know, you and, got enough powerful people with interests in keeping it from coming out. That's a difficult thing. Yeah. And especially when all the outlets that would really externalize the truth about what's going on, if when they're all compromised with the same people or the same groups of people, at least, and, you know, it's like, what do you do? All you, all you can do is get ind- individual or independent researchers to connect the dots, get out there and, and, you know, share as much as possible. Um, independent researchers. I don't believe anything that I don't see on my six o'clock news. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Newsweek.com here. The article's titled Bill Clinton went to Jeffrey Epstein's Island with two young girls. Virginia Guffrey says now, of course, um, Newsweek, most people who listen to this show, this doesn't come as a surprise, but to actually see people talking about this is uh, is a big deal because, of course, they love pointing out uh, that Trump you know, is on the uh, flight records for the Lolita Express. That's the airplane that um, allegedly brought all these uh, powerful people to uh, Epstein's uh, island of sin. But, uh, you know, it's actually we've got a mainstream outlet here talking about the Clintons involvement, which, you know, 
That's nice. We'll mix it up a little bit. It says here in, in recently unsealed court documents involving dead child sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein and his alleged accomplice Ghislaine Maxwell, a woman named Virginia Guffrey, who publicly accused Epstein of sex trafficking, said that she once saw former Democratic President Bill Clinton on Epstein's island with, quote, two young girls from New York. In the questioning by lawyer Jack Scarola, Guffrey was asked, quote, do you have any recollection of Jeffrey Epstein's specifically telling you that Bill Clinton owes me favors? Yes, I do, Guffrey answered. It was a laugh, though. He would laugh it off, you know. I remember asking Jeffrey, what's Bill Clinton doing here on Epstein? Epstein's Island uh, kind of thing. And he laughed it off and said, well, he owes me favors. Quote, he never told me what favors they were. Guffrey continued. I never knew. I didn't know if he was serious. It was just a joke. He told me a long time ago that everyone owes him favors. They're all in each other's pockets. Shortly thereafter, Scarola asked her, quote, were sexual orgies a regular occurrence on the island at Jeffrey's house? Guffrey responded, yes. Scarola then asked if she was ever present with Epstein and Clinton on the island. Uh, quote, Ghislaine uh, Emmy, who was another girl who was allegedly a regular at Epstein's house. And there was two young girls that I could identify. I never really knew them well anyways. It was just two girls from New York, Guffrey answered, and they were all staying in Epstein's house on the island. In a statement to Newsweek on Friday, a Clinton spokesperson denied the allegation, saying he was, quote, never, he has never been to Little St. James Island. The claim had previously been made by Clinton representatives in 20. 2019. Quote, he'd not spoken to Epstein in well over a decade, Angel Urenia added, well before his terrible crimes came to light. <laughs> okay, well, just because it's before his crimes came to light doesn't mean that uh, he wasn't there while the crimes were being committed. Ghislaine Maxwell <laughs> is being indicted for crimes that allegedly happened in 95 through 97, which would uh, definitely put that right in the sweet spot for Clinton to be hanging out with Epstein. Continuing on, Epstein had multiple ties to Clinton, and Clinton, along with many other big-name celebrities, was a repeated passenger on Epstein's private Boeing 727 plane, which was nicknamed the Lolita Express due to the frequent delivery of apparently underage women to the island of Little St. James. As reference to the 1955 Vladimir Nabokov novel about a 36-year-old literature professor who sexually engages uh, a 12-year-old girl. In 2002, Epstein hosted Clinton, as well as actors Kevin Spacey ooh, and Chris Tucker, on a 2002 tour of Africa associated with the Clinton Foundation. Epstein called Clinton, quote, the world's greatest politician. In a 2002 New York Magazine article in which President Donald Trump mentioned Epstein's predilections for girls on the younger side, Clinton praised Epstein. In 2015, the now-defunct pop culture and news website Gawker released the 
flight logbooks for Epstein's Gulfstream and the Lolita Express 727, Clinton is listed as having taken at least 11 flights on the Lolita Express. In one flight, Clinton allegedly flew with a softcore porn actress listed under Massages in Epstein's address book. On all 11 flights, he rode with Maxwell and Epstein's former assistant, Sarah Kellen. Kellen has been accused in court filings of recruiting young girls, acting as a pimp on Epstein's behalf. On multiple flights, additional women who flew with Clinton are either listed by only their first name or simply as female. A 2019 statement from the Clinton Foundation claimed that Clinton, quote, knows nothing about the terrible crimes Jeffrey Epstein pleaded guilty to, adding, quote, Clinton took a total of four trips on Je- uh, Jeffrey Epstein's airplane. Quote, staff supporters, uh, staff, supporters of the foundation and his secret service detail traveled on every trip. The statement continued, he's not spoken to Epstein in well over a decade and has never been to Little St. James Island, Epstein's ranch in New Mexico, or his residence in Florida. Well, the records show otherwise there, Clinton Foundation. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, there you go. Some, so we actually have some mainstream news coming out uh, about Clinton's involvement. Again, one of these things that's sort of been relegated to quote unquote fringe websites for years. I mean, years. It's crazy to see this news finally catching up. I mean, I think we were first uh, reporting on Epstein in particular uh, back in 2016, 2015, something like that. Um, so there you go. Booyah. Yeah. Told you. Yeah. And you know, the one of the things to keep in mind here is uh, the blackmail is one thing, but the whole Epstein network of uh, people, you know, uh, the, again, not just the blackmail, but all this stuff, it has to do more with the, tra- more than just trafficking. Of course, that's, probably the biggest thing to have that Mm -hmm. blackmail against people. But I'm sure this had to do with drug trafficking and weapons trafficking and, and a lot more stuff than, than just the sex trafficking right? Um, because of the blackmail nature of things and, and how deals were made with other countries and other uh, Kings and politicians and all this kind of stuff. It's uh, it's just something to keep in mind that uh, it's kind of like, having all those dark things about our leadership and government and everything else, it's, it is finally coming out, but yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those issues where I don't know if it's going to make a difference that much, even though so much of it is public and it, all you need is a little bit yeah. of research to, to connect everything. And you know, something else to mention, there was a whole bunch of people listed in this, uh, in this release of the documents, uh, including Bill Richardson, George Mitchell, Glenn Dubin, uh, one of the guys I wanted to mention is uh, Marvin Minsky. Do you know who Marvin Minsky is, Basil? No. So he's an American scientist born in August 1927. He died in 2016. He was an American mathematician and computer scientist, one of the most famous practitioners of the science of artificial intelligence. Minsky won the 1969 AM Turing Award, the highest honor in computer sciences, for his pioneering work in AI. So again, it's just interesting how the whole internet (laughs) and like the topic of AI and and machines and all this stuff, computing seems to have, and this ties into that whole Epstein wanting to be, you know, the transhuman thing that Epstein was into. It, It all seems to connect to 
the same sort of people, the same kind of, because what, you know, this is the top layer, right? This is like the, the, the stuff everybody gets to see now, but underneath it is a lot. I'm sure a lot of more, you know, dark occultic satanic kind of stuff going on. And you just, you just question, all right, what, what is the spiritual intent of something like AI? If the people involved in it, people uh, highly prized are, you know, the kind of people that would hop on Epstein, the Epstein Express or whatever and yeah. go do whatever. Yeah, well, and it's interesting. And yeah, just to reiterate for people, you know, making a big deal about how we've known about Clinton and the Lolita Express for years. We agree with you. We've been talking about it for years, years as well. We're not trying to bring breaking news here. The point is that this is finally getting into the mainstream media and we want to uh, track how it's presented in the mainstream media because that's going to affect conversations that we have uh, with people in our own lives as well as uh, the end result of the uh, you know the whole case and the whole situation which isn't you know Ghislaine is not scheduled to have her case until 2021 so there's a lot of time for accidents to happen yeah. uh, in her hellhole of a prison <laughs> self-described hellhole yeah uh, I think interestingly enough in the Twitch chat now there's auto mods that we don't have control of in the Twitch chat they can be uh, we got a we little can, control don't we I think we can go in the a back little end bit and- I have to go through personally here and and allow certain things um, and you know a lot of times I'm just not there but uh, one of the words that gets centered is the word uh, censored is the word Lolita. Oh, I've interesting. Been seeing here, people trying to chat about the Lolita Express, and uh, Lolita gets uh, censored, which is very interesting. Mm. Why that would be on the list, the list of things um, that would be censored. So there you go, and that's just an example of why we need to keep track of what the mainstream outlets are saying because they are going to affect not just the case, not just the conversations with normies um, and things like that, but uh, also the auto mods on certain websites right and that's that's yeah see marvin minsky this like forefather of ai you know his fingerprints are in this right now as we try to do this live you know some of those mods Mm -hmm. and and catching those keywords and stuff um the other one of the other guys mentioned bill richardson i think he was uh mentioned or at least uh suspected of going to bohemian grove where they worship the giant owl in uh, right. Northern California. So yeah, it's like this thing has been around for a long time. People who have been involved in looking into the truther, so to speak, they've been looking at this for a long time. They've known about this. So yeah, nothing new per se, but uh, yeah, again, something to keep in mind and something to keep track of is how they're presenting it into the public and how they're trying to steer certain things for political reasons or for cultural reasons, whatever it may be. And, and to that effect, one of the stories that I saw here, uh, which I thought was just so interesting, was uh, DailyMail.co.uk exclusive. The girls couldn't be black. Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell ordered victim Virginia Guffrey in, uh, to recruit young white girls. And if they weren't, quote, they had to be exotically beautiful, unsealed docs reveal. And... Uh, 
I mean, you kind of get the full picture there. Uh, you know, we have to go through the whole thing. It's pretty much reiterating sure. a whole bunch of it. But, you know, this is one of those topics because the country is so heated on race. Like, what do you do with this if you're like a black woman? Are you like, hey, these racists? But then they're like, yeah, yeah but also <laughs> thank you for not getting a whole bunch of black girls to go <laughs> to be a part of this child sex ring racism, <laughs> you know what guns. i mean i am well it's yeah. just weird it puts them in a weird position is what i'm saying it's like uh, maybe maybe not certainly the uh you know b- 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 women of color all around the world are also subjected to oh, these 100%. sorts of things but it turned out to not be the case for epstein he had very specific tastes yeah um or at least for his all right net to uh capture yes. people that's right. You want yeah. to run into this next story here? Yeah, it's kind of, again, along the same lines here, but uh, going into some popery, some papacy. Go for it. All you, bro. Oh, you want me to do it? Yeah. yeah okay, here I go. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, we're going. We're coming over here at pinknews.co.uk. Uh, I'm not really sure. Let's see. Oh, this is not Pink an outlet news. that we would... Uh, this is this is an outlet that we would definitely not endorse. At least I wouldn't. But just okay. interesting that it's coming out of that outlet. I don't know anything about it. But here we go. Pinknews.co.uk. Pope Francis accused of following the homosexual agenda of the New World Order by prominent archbishop. Huh. Interesting. Uh, a prominent archbishop has accused Pope Francis of adhering to the homosexual agenda of the New World Order and said he allows heresy, sodomy, and corruption in the Catholic Church. Archbishop Carla Maria Vagano is an archbishop of the Catholic Church and former Vatican ambassador to the United States, who is well known for his criticism of the Pope. According to Premier Christian News, in a recent interview, Vagano claimed that the leaders of the Catholic Church were mercenary infidels who seek to scatter the flock and hand the sheep over to be devoured by ravenous wolves. The archbishop said to Pope Francis, quote, and his entourage, sodomy is not a sin that cries out for vengeance in the presence of God as the catechism teaches. Referring to the Pope by his real name, Jorge Mario Bergoglio, Bergoglio, uh, Vigano added, quote, Bergoglio's words on this topic and even more the actions and words of those who surround him unfortunately confirm that an operation of legalization of homosexuality is currently underway and that prelates and wow and that prelates and theologians are carrying this discussion forward who have manifested without equivocation that they are unfaithful to catholic teaching Vigano has previously accused church leaders of covering up allegations of sexual abuse against the now defrocked Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. The Archbishop believes that McCarrick is part of the gay lobby and that there is close link between sodomy and pedophilia, but accused Pope Francis of keeping silent on the issue, quote, in order to not offend the current mentality that is widespread even among many prelates. What are prelates? Is that uh, just congregate? Yeah, I think it's a congregants, but let me let me get a an official definition. Yeah, why don't you look here. that up while I keep this going? Vagano added, "Quote: Let's not forget that the legitimacy oh, okay. legit what it's it's a bishop or other high ecclesiastical dignitary. 
But don't oh, say okay. ecclesiastical in the uh, in the chat, Twitch, because you'll be <laughs> caught by the <laughs> the the algo bots. Yes, the mods will stop you there. Uh, Vegano said, "Let's not for, uh, forget the legitimization of homosexuality as part of the agenda of the new world order, to which the Bergoglian Church adheres openly and unconditionally, not only for its destabilizing value in the social body, but also because sodomy is the principal instrument with which the enemy intends to destroy the Catholic priesthood, corrupting the souls of the ministers of God." Although Pope Francis is certainly more open uh, that his predecessors, when it comes to LGBTQ, uh, LGBT plus rights, his stance has been confusing. I think that's a typo. Wow, okay. That's a I'll, typo, yes, right? Yes, little, little typo alert there. Typo alert. There we go. Yeah, so very interesting here. This looks like a, um, I think this outlet is a LGBT plus the focused outlet and that's why this story is appearing here um but yeah you've got this archbishop who is uh you know a real a real fringy type <laughs> yeah and it's um i'm sure that this has been an ongoing issue within even the the high ranks of of the catholic church i mean we've known about this in terms of certain whistleblowers from within the papacy over the in the vatican over uh the last few decades even and so it's nothing new, really, but um, it's it's fascinating. The divisions taking place in all sectors of society, including the uh, the Catholic Church, there. But yeah, just a quick New World Order update, you know, because uh, yeah. because oh, it's a New World Order. It's here, Space Pope Reptilian. Yep, Space there Pope Reptilian. Go. Yeah, interesting. Even within with as much conversation about the Vatican and the the Catholic power structure, you know, as much as uh, you know, it's con uh, pretty widely considered, you know, homogenized in a uh, New World Ordery sense. To have a, an, a Catholic Archbishop speaking out against the New World Order, that is you know, that is counter to well, a obviously the main stance. Uh, being held and propagated by the Pope, but also, you know, in general, the Catholic power structure is, seems to be uh, pretty all on board with the New World Order. So it's interesting that you have, um, you know, a leader in that role speaking out against it. You should yeah. uh, stay away from hot tubs and small aircraft. Yeah, I think it, his, the guy's name that really spoke out against him was Malachi Martin. And mm -hmm. I, I think he was the guy that he wrote a few books or whatever on the Satanism that was entering the Catholic church. And then he like mysteriously died from falling down a, a staircase or something. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Mysterious. Yeah. You know, mysterious. He was pushed okay. by the, the Satan demons, but yeah. Uh, if anyone is curious, look up Malachi, Brendan Martin, uh, who wrote about some of these issues. So there you go. Okay. There we go. Well, Gons, uh, since we're on a little bit of a shorter timeline today, let's take a very short break. Let's do it. It's break time! Come on, take a break. 
That's right. Let's take a break, everybody, real quick. Don't go anywhere because uh, after this very short break where we will be thanking some of our Twitter followers as well as some uh, producers, we got some uh, COVID updates, some whack genes, some Fauci, uh, all sorts of stuff you're going to want to keep on top of. But, Gons, you got your dinger ready. It's time to thank some new Twitch followers. I'm excited, yes. Dinger is <laughs> excited. Dinger's it's not ready. often that... Gons gets excited. I know. About I want some good Twitch show. names. All right. Well, we'll see who uh, followed us since last show. I want to thank these people. And uh, to the rest of you, uh, we highly recommend following us on Twitch. A, it uh, helps us out way more than following us on YouTube. YouTube, uh, we're basically just there to, to please the masses who don't want to switch over to Twitch. But there may come a day where you will have no choice. Um, so far, Twitch has been pretty good at not uh, pulling some of the stunts that YouTube has on us when it comes to uh, demonetization, to cutting streams, making streams unavailable, deleting videos, that sorts of things, copyright claims, uh, superfluous uh, (laughs) copyright claims. So if you're watching over on YouTube, uh, we highly recommend, uh, not just because it helps us out, but it'll help you out. Follow us at twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. Turn on notifications. It's just good to have a little backup there. Okay, and here are our new Twitch followers that came in since Wednesday, last show. Uh, Are you ready, Gons? I've been ready. He's been ready, everybody. (laughs) Okay. We got M. Wilba. Thank you, M. Wilba. We got Alchemic Burrito. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. Alchemic Burrito. Hmm. Y2K-O-O-S. Y2-Coos? Spirit Bear, 76. Ooh, I like bears. Tyler Baggett, 26. Flower Power, 1, which is on the list again. Jang Dangler. Jan, what is it? Jang? Jang Dangler. Ah. I don't know what that is. I feel like it's inappropriate, but we're <laughs> moving on. And then Craig Burgess Media. All right. Yes, that's it. Very good. Thank you so much for all our new Twitch followers. Remember, if you're not following on Twitch, it's a good idea to do so because you get to create a new uh, account. You're not connected to your Facebook account or your Google account or anything like that. So brand new account. Um, and, uh, you get to create a new name, you know, you created your YouTube or your Google username years ago before you had all the, the inspiration from Canary Cry News Talk for cool new names. Uh, it's always fun when people work in some Canary Cry lore into their, uh, Twitch usernames there. So it's a fun, fun, uh, experiment in, uh, reinventing, uh, a new identity for yourself on Twitch. It's it's a good time. So head over to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio to follow us there. We appreciate that very much. We also want to thank some of our producers of today's show. Now, if you're wondering, uh, you know, we used to ask for donations like many podcasts and uh, we don't run ads like many podcasts. We don't believe in running ads because, uh, you know, all that is doing is commodifying your attention and uh, your trust 
trust in order to, uh, you know, turn around and sell your attention and your trust to a corporation for our own personal gain. And, you know, it's kind of sad how people are uh, becoming complacent with the fact that that's how the world has been running. But it's our personal rebellion against the economy of this fallen fallen world by uh, relying on on what's called the value for value model. What is that? Well, we create the show. We do it three times a week. We like to think we do a pretty good job. And if you value what we do, please consider becoming a producer and putting value back in because it's really only because of people who uh, uh, appreciate the media we create and want it to continue. Uh, those are the people who keep the show running over here, the, the boat afloat, if you will. Um, and it's one of those things where you know if people stop producing you know it's it's not it's just a simple equation you know if people stop producing the show the show doesn't get produced and it's the real world so if you help uh this show out financially just like uh you know any other sort of media business you are a producer you're not just a donator so thank you very much uh to everybody who's produced the show and gone's today we have a couple of producers we want to thank and first of all over at patreon.com ccnt for canary cry news talk uh we have a new producer named charlie thank you very much charlie does he have a chocolate right. factory uh yep yes this is charlie the new uh young owner of willy wonka's (laughs) chocolate factory thank you so much for sharing the wealth um we also have patreon.com slash canary cry radio uh patreon.com slash canary cry radio and no new producers over there which was a little sad but it did cheer me up to know that martin a previous producer did increase their support their monthly support so thank you very much martin thanks martin you are included on the list of producers for this episode um now gons i don't know if you know this the, the listeners know this but I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret gons gons if you want to produce the show but you don't like patreon we have another option and that is canarycryradio.com slash support canary Radio.com slash support. That was cute That's how you right. did that. You're like, yeah, I let you in on a secret, buddy. Thank you very much, Gonzo. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you even more. I'll let you in on some more secret knowledge, Gons. And that's over on CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. We have PayPal options. You can join up for a recurring producership, uh, which will, uh, you know, it's a monthly basis. And that's uh, a, a solid foundation for the show. Or if commitment's not your thing, you can make a one-time donation in any amount. And, uh, that seems to have caught on a little bit with uh, our producers this week. Who are they? Well, this week, new producers, we have Timothy coming in. Well, I don't know if they're new, actually. Some of these are repeat, but uh, they're not doing recurring, which, by the way, all the recurring producers on PayPal, thank you so much. Appreciate yeah. it. I know we, we don't always give a shout out. every month. Yeah, we don't always give shout outs to those folks, but uh, we do thank you. Timothy, coming in. The, Thank you very much, Timothy. With support. And also, Stephen. I wish Thank I had you, my... Stephen. I wish I had my Stephen ISO. I probably have it somewhere. Stephen! Stephen! Uh, and also, coming in, Katie. Producer Katie. Thank you. Thank you very much, Katie. 
All right, that was very fun. Yeah, people are getting on board with the one-time donations, and we appreciate that very much. Thank you guys for producing t- uh, today's show. We could not do it without you people. And if you want to become a producer, uh, feel some ownership of the uh, Canary Cry news talk live streams as well as podcasts, things like that. And just feel like you're doing something good to keep media that you appreciate flowing. Uh, you can head to patreon.com slash CCNT or canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. There you go. Okay, there's other ways to support the show, become a producer, and uh, one of those ways is creating art. If you are an artist or a graphic artist or graphic designer, that's much appreciated. You can also send in jingles uh, if there's a jingle that is needed on the show. or uh, music you know at the end of the show we got the canary cry mixtape it's been a while since we've had new music come in and you know i get it it's always a little stressful to share music that you've created but if you're a musician you know don't put too much too much uh, work into it or too much um, not work into it but uh, you know if you don't have a professional sound recording studio that's okay you know if you write a little song that's related to the show uh, in one way or another send it in to us we'll play it at the end of the show everybody will appreciate it we love the songs we already have on the mixtape but we I think we need some more in there so uh, all you musicians out there I know there's a ton of you make sure to uh, write some songs send it in and if you got any of those things, you can send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com. That will get it on the show for us. Um, let's see. Anything? We, oh, we let's share this great email. I'm oh, yeah, share yeah. this Re- email be, be, here. Before we do that, uh, we do mm-hmm. have some artwork that we have to show. Oh, great. Show us the, the artwork. What do we got? First one, of course. Uh, of course, we have, um, I think it was, oh, boy. I think I messed up the name here, or maybe I didn't. Is that Garrett? The that looks like Garrett. it is Garrett, and uh, he did send us a Nephilim update piece of art, kind of a, uh, I don't know. Uh, you're you're better at describing Are you trying these to describe things. it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, it's very cool. It's uh, sort of silhouettes of uh, in the foreground. It's a man uh, with with a, a sword. Not you know it is not detailed out. It's like his shadow, his silhouette, and off in the distance, far in the distance, beyond the mist and beyond the hills, you can see a giant looming in the distance. And uh, very good uh, Nephilim update art here so thank you very much um garrett yeah very talented artist he's done quite a few pieces for us now Uh uh-huh we also got one from gabriella again she has uh i guess this is another old one but it's called mind's eye definitely a okay little little creepy it's oh yeah very good this was kind of psychedelic looking here you got a the outline of a human uh shoulders neck and head and uh the head looks like there's this person is very stressed the face is is getting sort of into the mind with ones and zeros there is a wave there's like a frequency wave that's going through the head and it is causing this person much confusion and pain. Speaking of uh, raves, so did you, you see the much. Elon tweet about raves? 
<laughs> no, I did not. I do not follow Elon's Twitter feed as closely as you do. Apparently, pops up on my on my Twitter quite often. But anyway, yes, thank you, uh, Gabriella, for this piece of art. And of course, we uh, got information overload uh, is what this one is called. Information overload, yes. And then we also got yeah. one that we have to show from Allie. Ooh, yeah, Gasoline Bonds. Thank you very much. Gasoline bonds. Yes. And uh, again, sticking with the theme that Ali is so good at sticking with, we've got, uh, it says, grab him by the cage and shake it. Gons and Basil and the random Jabberjay. And there's uh, two canaries, one of them with giant googly (laughs) eyes. I think that's me, Gons. And we are rattling the cage of uh, possibly the most annoying bird a jabber jay and there you go you cannot hide from the canaries <laughs> in times like this yes so there you go uh artwork coming in from the producers and that's yes, always thank welcome. you very much and if you guys want to see the artwork you can see it on our facebook page just search canary cry radio uh or you can look at the show notes at canarycrynewstalk.com uh, yep okay i've got an email here and this was from, I want to make sure that I can read all this, make sure there's nothing, no personal info. Um, well, there's definitely a lot of personal info, but this is from Madeline. Thank you very much, Madeline. She sent this in. This is great content. I'm loving this. Basil and Gons, I saw your assignment for producers in the Monday email blast and wanted to let you in on a fun on the fun that I've been having sharing the show over the past few days, weeks, and months. It's been a fun time. First, some context. In my time of semi-isolation, I began online dating. And then parenthetical, horrible idea, really, 6 out of 10, would not recommend to the (laughs) faint-hearted. As conversations... Before uh before you go on, just for fuller context, in the email that Uh we sent out Monday, which was actually on the the uh, patreon.com slash CCNT post. We basically called all the producers to uh, share the show, rattle someone's cage and then tell us about it. And she was the only one that reported back. So yeah, thank you, Madeline. this was great. Thank Madeline. You are a champ and we recommend everybody else. Let us know you're rattling the cages uh, stories you have. Cause these are great. Yes. Um, okay. Continuing. Uh, as conversations now talking about her online dating experience yes. here, as conversations turn the topic of podcasts uh, turn to the topic of podcasts and or current events I occasionally bring CCNT up and recommend it to the people I'm chatting with to share the spectrum of reactions with you and here we go a <laughs> list of reactions from people that she has shared the show with Polish guy from Christian Cafe, direct quote from email convo. Uh, And so this is Polish guy says, BTW, I've listened to one episode of Canary Cry or Canary News. That's not what it's called. Uh, And pardon my Clatchian, WTF. I mean, the amount of... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the amount of absurd was staggering, which in itself is not necessarily bad, but half the time I wasn't sure if it's sarcasm or are the for real. When they start bashing CRISPR for viral testing, it sounds like they actually thought that, but perhaps I just don't know them well enough to understand what's going on. And oh, what's with the space pope reptilian? (laughs) 
<laughs> we really confused this Polish people. guy. <laughs> uh, oh, that's really funny. Yeah. Like they started bashing CRISPR. It sounded like they actually thought that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joke's on you, Polish guy. Continuing on, software developer guy from Match.com shakes head solemnly, begins a lecture on how sad it is that so many people are being misguided by alarmism and poorly reasoned anti-science misinformation. Ooh, does not sound like a match. No. <laughs> does not sound like a match. Uh, then last, she rounds it out here. Engineer guy from Match.com. Okay, engineer guy, what do you got? No way. You mean Basil and Gons? I've listened to them before. I can't believe you listen to them too. Woo! Sounds like a match made in heaven, engineer guy. All right. Yeah. Engineer guy heard of us. That's funny. I like that. All right. Well, if engineer guy, if you're out there listening, good job. You win the, the <laughs> online dating contest. Uh, just last night, I shared it with another guy. He brought up how he was going down the rabbit hole on conspiracy topics and wished he could get a Christian perspective on subjects like aliens. And it was the perfect opportunity to mention what you do with CCNT, as we'd also talked about how we both enjoyed long conversational style podcasts. Ooh, here we go. I pitched Basil's Joy Spiracy Theory podcast as well. He sounded intrigued. Then there's a nice little parenthetical here. If you decide to... Oh. Let me make sure you can do two things for me. Okay, we're going to do two things for you. One, tell everybody listening that the Joy Spiracy Theory is the perfect podcast to listen to when you need a pick-me-up and a reminder of God's faithfulness, even in the weirdest and hardest of times. Well, thank you very much, Madeline. Thank you for that shout-out that I get to read on uh, my own show here. And yeah, for those who don't know i've been doing another podcast called the joy spiracy theory uh just search it on your podcatcher and it's just filled with the uh, long conversational style podcasts and i uh i started out interviewing other uh, authors and researchers and content creators like mike heiser's on there derek and sharon gilbert uh josh peck uh even mario uh the, the vigilant christian um all sorts of those types of people that we all know and love um but the, the problem was i quickly ran out of those people <laughs> so i started interviewing listeners of canary cry radio and man just the stories the life stories the testimonies the hurdles that a lot of these are our beloved listeners have overcome uh really has been a really re rewarding experience talking to them um and i hope you guys like it too and it was specifically created the joy spiracy theory podcast uh to give a relief from uh you know listening to all the type of all the heavy type stuff that we talk about not that it isn't heavy it is quite heavy at times um but it's all you know the story of god working in people's lives uh so there you go if you want to check it out make sure to check out the joy spiracy theory you'll notice i haven't posted a lot of episodes recently because um most of my energy has been going into doing these shows but i have a few in the can um that i'm going to be putting out and uh so now's your time to catch up on the joy spiracy theory podcast because new ones will be coming out soon um continuing 
with uh, the favors we're doing for Madeline here. It says, give a shout out to everyone who may be listening for the first time. Thanks for trying it out, especially if you heard it from me, she says. So yes, a big old shout out from Madeline to everybody who's listening to the podcast for the first time. Welcome, and we hope you find a home here. And uh, let me just browse the end of her email here. Anyways, I hope you guys get some laughs and encouragement from this email. We definitely did. Thank you. And are comforted by the tale of engineer guy. We do. We love engineer guy. (laughs) Engineer guy, if you're listening, send us an email. Apparently, the algorithms are doing their job and promoting your podcast to people who didn't look for it. Yay. It's been fun to stay caught up on current events with you. And I appreciate the fun you bring to all these very not fun stories we have to sort through for kernels of truth. Well, thank you very much, Madeline. We appreciate the email very much. And we encourage other people, email us your stories of rattling cages. Um, You can send those emails to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Uh, whether you're online dating or even waking people up uh, in the real life space, uh, go ahead and let us know. And uh, Madeline makes a good point here. Apparently, the algorithms are doing their job in promoting your podcast to people who didn't look for it. And that's only because of the people who have been leaving ratings and reviews. I've been mentioning it the past week or so. Uh, you know, the algorithms is one thing we is one part of the show we really don't have any control over. Um, and it's really in the control of you listeners. If when you leave ratings and reviews, it tells the algorithms to share the show with other people. Um, so, you know, that's, that's another great way for you to help out the show. Just think if you just take the couple minutes to leave a rating and a review that might influence the algorithm to show the, to share the show with somebody who's never heard of it before. And you could, you know, butterfly effect, be helping to wake somebody up. Um, so we, we encourage everybody to do that. Go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast version of the show, which everybody should be subscribed uh, to. Search Canary Cry News Talk on any podcatcher. Subscribe. Leave a rating and a review. Uh, here is the the proof that uh, leaving ratings and reviews helps the algorithms, which helps people find the show. So there you go. Okay, Gons. Anything else for this break? Uh, nope. I think that's it. Thank you for the email, Madeline, and good luck in your very, search. Very good. Yes. That's right, Madeline. Um, and I can't wait to hear other people's uh, um, rattling the cages stories. Yeah. Mary Cry Radio. Good or bad. We'll hear them all here. Positive, yes. negative. <laughs> even if somebody, even if you got into a fist fight trying to tell somebody to listen uh, about the Space Pope Reptilian, I want to hear the story. Yeah, all the all, all those right. canaries in the cage. Mm. That's right. You ready to wake up, Gons? Uh, yes. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, yo, wake up. Okay. Mm, wake up. Oh, I I did men I did get a uh, um seeing some tweets come in, people discovering that Epstein had provided information to the FBI as agreed upon on one of the documents mm-hmm. that was released from two thousand eight. Oh, interesting. But it's like, yeah. I don't know. That's more of like a, didn't we know this? I thought we knew this. Agans, again, we knew this. We've known this since 2015. We, we've we known about Epstein specifically, not just the existence right. of a Pizzagate thing. Yeah. Uh, we were told and shared about Epstein five years ago. And uh, 
And yes, so you and I have known this, but it is a big deal that it's coming out into the mainstream. A, because now we can feel uh, we can feel uh, better about spouting fringy craziness for five years because it's all coming to light. And B, people can really wake up to what's going on in the world around them. That's a big deal. Yeah, and and there's some people responding to some of these tweets. Uh, you know, talking about, oh, it's the FBI. I thought he worked for the Mossad. And it's like, who runs the Mossad or who runs, runs yeah. the FBI in this country? You folks? also, yeah, you don't understand <laughs> the, uh, they, or they don't understand the relationship that uh, uh, intelligence agencies between America, or I'm sorry, the United States and Israel share. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Yep. Uh, which is, I think, very scriptural, by the way. Uh, but we won't get into that. Uh, go read the book of revelation. Oh, and here's a little, just a little note from uh, Beth Webbis in the chat. That is Madeline. She says, thanks for reading my email. Cool. All right. Good Good to know she's in chat. Thank you for being there. Beth Webbis. Um, slash Madeline. All right. Let's get into the story. Here we go. A few COVID updates. COVID. And goggles. Mask enough for you. It's to protect the people you care about. And goggles. <laughs> Businessinsider.com. Anthony Fauci said eye coverings might eventually be recommended in the U.S. You oh should gosh. probably use it if you can. Or I'm sorry, maybe, yeah. uh, let me try a Fauci impression. You should probably use it if you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a three out of 10 yeah, on that impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should. Okay, read this story and okay. then we'll get into it. <laughs> to maximize your chances of avoiding a coronavirus infection, it's wise to cover your eyes, Dr. Fauci said on Wednesday. <laughs> wow. the, uh, the metaphorical part of that is just poetic. Okay, quote, if you have goggles or an eye shield, you should use it. Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, told ABC Health correspondent Dr. Jennifer Ashton, quote, it's not universally recommended, but if you really want to be complete, you should probably use it if you can. Complete, huh? Interesting terminology. The Center of Disease Control and Prevention already recommends eye protection for healthcare workers, but not for everyday use. That's because eyes aren't the main source of coronavirus transmission. (laughs) That would be problematic if it was, you know, if you look at someone and you can give them COVID. Uh, The virus spreads primarily via respiratory droplets when someone talks, coughs, or sneezes. Others that get infected when these droplets enter their nose or mouth. Though the virus can invade through any mucous membrane, including the eyes, quote, theoretically, you should protect all the mucosal surfaces, Fauci said. But he added, quote, it's just that it's so easy for people to just make a cloth mask. Dr. Deborah Burks, the White House coronavirus reporter coordinator, uh, response coordinator, also suggested using face shields as an added layer of protection on Thursday. Quote, the thing about the face shields, we think that that could protect the individuals and that it would decrease or decrease the ability for them to touch their eyes and spread the virus as well as those droplets coming towards them. Burks told Fox and friends. Uh, so yeah, eye coverings might play a role in oh reducing gosh. transmission. Public health guidelines aren't set in stone 
At the start of the pandemic, the U.S. population wasn't told to wear face masks, but the practice is now universally recommended due to the discovery that asymptomatic patients can pass the coronavirus just as easily as patients with symptoms. Scientists also discovered that cloth coverings still help. Which, again, goes directly against what the WHO said about a month ago. Yeah. Saying that asymptomatic uh, people are very rarely spread the disease. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which, by the way, along these lines, we did get an email from Maria, who uh, Mm -hmm. gave us a link, uh, which said that Wisconsin, if you're out there in Wisconsin, is joining 33 other states in requiring masks statewide. So uh, there's that. And uh, so let's continue on here. It's possible that a similar process could happen with eye coverings if the U.S. does not get its outbreak under control, though masks are far easier to make and procure. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And uh, a June review in The Lancet found that eye coverings like goggles, face shields or, vis- or visors might substantially reduce coronavirus infections. Quote, Do glasses count? Don't know. Probably not because you can I mean, kind of get around it. A face shield is an open air, yeah, you know, yeah, I know, just little shield. It's not sealed in any way. Quote, eye protection is typically under considered and can be effective in community settings. The researchers wrote, quote, however, no intervention, even when properly used, was associated with complete protection from infection. And goes okay. on to the CDC stuff. And do glasses help? Oh, glasses. Here we go. Do glasses help? They answer your question. Standard eyeglasses offer less protection than goggles or shields since the virus can enter through the top, bottom, or sides. Oh, you mean like almost any mask anybody's (laughs) wearing? But glasses could still discourage a person from touching their eyes with unwashed hands, reducing the risk that a person could get sick after touching a coronavirus-laden surface. Wow. In March, the Academy, American Academy of Ophthalmology Ophthalmology. 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 Okay. Like optics. Okay. Uh, Suggested that people may want to switch from contact lenses to glasses to avoid touching their eyes. But the CDC has said there's no evidence that contact lens wearers have a higher risk of infection than glasses, uh, eyeglass wearers. (laughs) Gosh, this is out of control. Quote, I don't think the issue is so much that contact lenses as it is. Uh, just a quick point of analysis. Mm-hmm. Saying that if you're wearing uh, contact lenses, there's no evidence to say that you're any less safe than somebody wearing glasses. That answer is probably yes, because the science behind this wear goggles thing is so uh, amorphous in the first place. If they're saying contact lenses won't protect you less than glasses, well, then, okay. (laughs) That could mean absolutely nothing. Show me the (laughs) study on this. Uh, I don't quote, I don't think the issue is so much the contact lenses as it is hand hygiene before inserting it or taking out the, or inserting or taking out the contact lenses. Dr. Gregory Poland, an infectious disease expert, told the Mayo Clinic in April, Indeed, the Lancet study found that face masks and eye coverings shouldn't be a replacement for social distancing or hand washing, but a person could lower their risk by implementing the measures in tandem. So there you go. Cover your eyes. Okay. 
All right, cover your cover eyes. Cover your eyes, cover your mouth, cover yeah, your nose. We're going to need to start donning the full-on gas mask. They, I've yeah. got, you know, I've got my gas masks. I'm ready for, you know, the 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 black swan event. Maybe maybe now's the time. Just start you know? wearing gas masks all around town. It would actually be more comfortable than wearing the mask, the regular mask in a lot of ways. And, you know, you get a lot of that attention, a lot of virtue signaling, you know? Oh, you're just wearing a cloth mask? <laughs> Ugh, why do you want to kill my grandma? <laughs> you conspiracy theorist, wear your full-on gas mask. That's what's coming. You know, I'm going to put out a theory, uh, half, well, mostly sarcastically. This is a contrarian theory, okay? So this is like... Oh, you don't this say. This is like the contrarian contrarian theory. So okay. maybe... Maybe all these people want us to cover our faces and, and basically get to that point of wearing gas masks masks around mm -hmm. because they know of an impending alien attack of a some kind of uh, aerosol spray around uh, mm. or on top of the earth and and they and just they want just everybody care about us. They so care about that. us, so they they want <laughs> us to walk around looking like Darth Vader to uh, right. protect ourselves and that yeah. the uh, compliant ones will survive. You know, Fa Daddy Fauci cares for us so much that that, <laughs> that might actually make sense. You know, he just wants to protect us from dangers we don't even understand. Uh, you know, I did have this other thing where Jim Jordan uh, is going after uh, Fauci in the. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, in one of the. Uh, what is it? Uh, oh, thank shoot. You, Sorry, I've got to stop it. Sorry. Uh, yeah, during one of the uh, the house things that they do every once in a while. But I, wow. I don't know. Should we skip it? It's kind of, I mean, it, it went viral. It got shared 35,000 times. Well, uh, what are we doing on time? Do you got to get out of here? Pretty close. Soon? Yeah, pretty soon yeah. here. Well, how long is the clip? It's like four minutes. Five, hmm. five minutes. That's, it's, it's long. That's pretty long. It's long. And yeah, basically, yeah. So Representative Jim Jordan pressed Anthony Fauci. With a series of combative questions on Friday, asking him whether the government should limit protests to help slow the virus of the or spread of the coronavirus, and you know Jim Jordan, he's he's one of uh, the more you know the likable guys, or at least for me, I like the guy. Uh, in in there, and he he basically he tweeted out, "Can't go to church, can't go to work, can't go to school." Even Dr. Fauci says protesting is dangerous, but Democrats Ooh. encourage people to riot and protest in the streets. And basically, he was trying to get Fauci to admit or like or to suggest that yeah, that the protesting yes, is dangerous. Yes, you and know, he, you just expressing uh, sound human logic, right? And he he tried to play it off like I leave that to the politicians. I'm not a politician. I'm just trying to give you the science. <laughs> That's so unlike you, Daddy Fauci. <laughs> yeah. Since when do you care what politicians say? Yeah, so when it has to do with uh, things that can get him canceled, that's what it has to do mm -hmm. with. So just keeping keeping an eye on that. Good job, Jim Jordan, exposing some of that. But of course, that's just right wing conspiracy theory. Of course. Okay, I'm over here at Reuters.com. <laughs> Did you see that email? 
so somebody, very somebody angry. emailed us wow. and said, tell Basil even, I, it's not <laughs> Reuters. It's Reuters. So tempted, so tempted to shame this person, <laughs> but I'm not going to. I will s- pronounce Reuters or Reuters, <laughs> however I want. Triggering that guy. So. I know. I'm gonna, I, see, here's the problem. People who send me emails and complain in the chat about stuff that they don't like. like about why are me. you wearing a mask? Talking Guys, about masks. I am the most annoying contrarian you will ever encounter. <laughs> it literally just makes me dig my heels into whatever. I know. You're just making Especially more... if there's not a good reason for it. Yeah. If it's, oh, I don't like his eyeballs or, oh, he says Reuters <laughs> wrong. He's supposed to be a professional, to quote the email. Oh, I don't well, like his eyeballs. That's I debatable. Like that. But here we are in Reuters.com. I'm sorry. I don't want to be mean to people, but you know what? That's how I respond. <laughs> I'll You're mean criticism. to me, I'll be mean to you. <laughs> I'll take criticism, but you better do it in the right way. Here we go. Reuters.com. <laughs> Large U.S. COVID-19 vaccine trials will exclude pregnant women for now. The first two COVID-19 vaccines to enter large-scale U.S. trials will not be tested in pregnant women this year, raising questions about how this vulnerable population will be protected from the coronavirus, researchers told Reuters. Moderna and Pfizer, which has partnered with Germany's BioNTech, this week separately launched clinical trials that use a new and unproven gene-based technology. By the way, this uh mrna vaccine thing yeah this didn't occur to me until it started coming out recently that there are no other mrna vaccines yeah it's that's it's not a technology that is commonly used it's never been used it's a completely new theory of vaccination so not only are we trying to make a new vaccine for a new disease you know according to the experts uh, but we're trying an entirely new technology of vaccines that's never been, I'm sure it's been tested, but it's never been approved before. So that's also concerning, yeah, but that, you that's know. part of the, that's what a lot of like the, you know, the vaccines, the mark of the beast narrative surrounded that particular factoid was right. that it's going to change our DNA, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Both companies are requiring proof of a negative pregnant. Wow, this is difficult. I don't know if my uh, my mushroom powder is helping me (laughs) on these cold reads here. Both companies are requiring proof of a negative pregnancy test and a commitment to using birth control from women of childbearing age who enroll. Wow. Drug makers say they first need to make sure the vaccines are safe and effective more generally. In addition, U.S. regulators require that drug makers conduct safety studies in pregnant animals before the vaccines are tested in pregnant women to ensure they don't harm the fetus or lead to miscarriage. Bioethicists, vaccine and maternal health experts have argued for years that pregnant women should be included early in trials of pandemic vaccines so they would not need to wait until long after a success successful candidate emerges. That debate fell on deaf ears as recent outbreaks of Ebola and Zika, uh, but has taken on new urgency in the era of COVID-19 as studies show pregnant women are at increased risk of severe disease from the new coronavirus. Quote, 
It's a problem because if vaccines are not tested in pregnancy, they may not be available or people may not be comfortable offering them, said Dr. Denise Jameson, chief of gynecology and obstetrics for Emory Healthcare in Atlanta. According to the 2012 census, 75.4 million U.S. women were of childbearing age, defined as 15 to 50. Wow, that's quite the range. Uh, Currently pregnant women are recommended to take flu and whooping cough vaccines and certain others depending on individual circumstances, but none of these have been specifically tested and proven safe for pregnant women. Quote, we have an enormous number of women of childbearing age and potentially getting pregnant, and what's the safest vaccine for them, said Dr. Larry Corey, a vaccine expert at Fred Hutchinson's Cancer Center in Seattle, who is helping oversee vaccine trials conducted by Moderna and other drug makers in collaboration with the U.S. government. Doctors may want to see even more data for completely new vaccine technologies, such as those used by Moderna and Pfizer, compared with one that has already been used in pregnant women. Such differences highlight why, quote, we need multiple vaccines. Uh, to best address the needs of specific populations, Corey said. A precedent in pregnancy. You know, this is interesting, and I just want to say this now so I don't forget it by the end of the uh, uh, story here, but this might be uh, this might be the key that anti-vax women are looking for. You know, if the vaccine comes out and you're between 15 and 50, uh, you can either just get pregnant or say that you're pregnant or something, because uh, it sounds Sounds like they're not going to give you the vaccine if you're pregnant. So Down with the new world order. Have babies. <laughs> well, and it is interesting. Yeah, because that's a conversation we've had, which I did not plan on getting in again here. Um, but yeah, if you are pregnant, A, you can get out of taking the vaccine. And B, you can start fighting against the depopulation trend that we're going to see. We covered that story last week regarding the mass depopulation uh, that is projected over the next uh, 50 years. uh, What was it? 50 to 80 years. You know, they're talking about countries like the U.S. and others. No, the U.S. was fine. But Japan and uh, all sorts of other countries, I forget off the top of my head, are going to lose half of their population in the next 80 years, mostly because people aren't having babies. Um, You know, if you have two parents, you got to have 2.1 babies uh, on average in order for population growth. And that's just not happening. And just real quick, just to kind of weasel this into the conversation as well. I was having a conversation recently with a listener um, talking about depopulation and uh, vaccines and Bill Gates and this whole thing, uh, which everybody is probably aware of. Um, and the new world order sort of mission to depopulate, get the earth down to 500,000 humans, which is written on the Georgia Guidestones, uh, you know, sort of an Illuminati, uh, uh, manifesto set up in a Stonehenge type way over there in Georgia, made uh, by the Ross made by or funded by at least, uh, Rosicrucian. Yes, that's right. Um, but you know, my point in this conversation was, look, I'm not debating any of the conspiracy theories right now, but the thing is we don't need a mass killer vaccine to depopulate the, the world. We don't need, you know, some sort of crazy conspiracy theory to kill off half the population 
It's, uh, you know, the progress of women having careers and birth control and abortion and things like that, that are already and, and just the, the changing of the family dynamic of, you know, less people being incentivized to have more children that alone take away any killer, whatever killer vaccine, even the coronavirus itself or any other, you know, conspiracy theory that's based on the depopulation of the world. You don't need any of that we're simply going to cut the world's population in half simply by you know the cultural shifts that are leading to less babies being made so anyways just keep that in mind next time you get into that whole conversation all right moving on johnson and johnson which kicked off a small scale safety trial for its covid19 vaccine this week is using the same underlying technology that it used with its ebola vaccine which has been used in 1,000 pregnant women Uh, in Democratic Republic of Congo. Larger studies with that vaccine are now underway. Uh, J&J's chief scientific officer, Dr. Paul Stoffels, told Reuters the company has done many years of extensive preclinical study with the Ebola vaccine, including on pregnant animals, and has not seen any challenges. Okay, nice little typo there. Stoffels said J&J would decide in the next few weeks whether it will include pregnant women in its large phase three late stage trial for COVID-19 vaccine due to a start uh, due to start in September. Pfizer expects to start toxicology studies in pregnant animals shortly with data ready to review by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration in the first quarter of 2021. Studies in pregnant women could start sometime afterward. Um, And there's quite a bit more in the article, mainly just going company by company and, you know, explaining who and who isn't testing on pregnant women. Um, But more or less, this is a concern to some, you know, mainstream uh, uh, credible doctors. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the whole situation here with um, all this sites close to home with a pregnant wife here, too. But Mm -hmm. um I'm, you know, I'm kind of like secretly going, thank goodness she's not going to get a vaccine or any kind of test yes, vaccine. She's safe for the next, uh, what? Three months. Three months. Yeah. Ooh, I guessed right. Look how yeah. good I am at tracking your life, <laughs> tracking your <laughs> wife's pregnancy. Yeah. Kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it, the whole conversation in general is sort of, uh, I don't know. You kind of touched on all the points there, but it seems like I did it. Yeah, you did it. But it seems like the the sentiment here is just so interesting. How it's like, how are we going to protect the pregnant women? What are we going to do? You know, it's just such a weird. <laughs> wear your mask, or else you'll kill a bunch of unborn wear babies. Wear your mask. Put on your goggles. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna strap a gas mask on my wife's face while she's pre- you know going into the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I should get a Darth Vader mask just for fun. The whole wear goggles thing gives a whole new uh, meaning to the term weaponized tears. Have you heard this term? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, so weaponized tears has come, uh, has, you know, made it into the conversation recently because, well, the conversation is about white people crying. Uh, because they're so sad about how racist they are and black people are just tired of these weaponized white tears. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, just figure it out. Don't cry. I don't care if you're so sad, just 
stop being racist and don't cry at me about it about it but now weaponized tears could be your covid19 laced tears that you shoot from your eyes when a karen <laughs> comes up to you in a drugstore should bottle it up and sell it as little little <laughs> bombs or something maybe uh, yeah or just use it as a vaccine you know use it as a vaccine or like COVID a holy water tears will yeah, train COVID your tears. immune system <laughs> all right we got one last story here the feeling that you're being watched this is from waterworld.com israeli scientists pinpoint covid19 outbreaks in sewer surveillance pilot project oh yes <laughs> israel kando a leader in wastewater management technology along with leading researchers from top israeli institutions including ben gurion university and the technion announced today Initial findings of a pilot project aimed at detecting outbreaks of COVID-19 in the city of Ashkelon, Israel, approximately 150,000 residents, by identifying traces of the coronavirus in the municipal sewage system. The researchers demonstrated the ability for early detection of outbreaks in wastewater. The city-scale pilot study also demonstrated the ability to locate hotspots down to specific neighborhoods and even city streets. Oh mm. my goodness. The coast city, uh, coastal city of Ashkelon was chosen as the pilot site as it was believed to have a low number of cases aside from the city's coronavirus hotels housing COVID-19 patients. But what researchers discovered was something entirely different. Significant remnants of the coronavirus in municipal wastewater uh, indicating early detection of outbreaks in local neighborhoods. The results suggested that tracking coronavirus remnants in the sewer network is a timelier and more efficient gauge of the extent of outbreaks than testing individuals, especially given the asymptomatic nature or delay in symptoms of those suffering uh, from COVID-19. And it goes on a little bit here, but for the sake of time, the results of the pilot study will offer authorities capabilities for early detection of new outbreaks and can help avoid total lockdowns by pinpointing affected areas, helping identify hubs of contagion can allow a much more localized response, avoiding the need for more sweeping lockdown measures. Quote, identifying traces of the coronavirus in city wastewater is extremely challenging due to the various types of substances found in sewage systems, including industrial wastewater, which can dilute or destroy remnants of the virus, said Professor Nadav Devi, uh, Davidovich. Davidovich director uh, school of public health at Ben Gurion university quote, our unique methodology enables us to detect and trace the presence of the virus and calculate its concentration with these substances uh, factored into the equation and to integrate epidemiological evidence in order to pinpoint emerging emerging COVID-19 hotspots. This will allow authorities to take action to contain further outbreaks this type of interdisciplinary science will continue to help uh, disease containment methods for coronavirus and beyond. And uh, yeah, so they're basically surveilling the wastewater. That's and, very interesting. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, even you think like, you know, just psychologically, when you flush a toilet or like 
don't know, throw something away. You're kind of like, all right, getting rid of that. It's gone. It's gone. You <laughs> no, know, not my problem. Not anymore. my problem anymore. But now it's everyone's problem. Yeah. You know? you know, this is very interesting and it's highlighted even more. I don't know if you wanted to read more of this, but I know we're short on time. So I wanted to hit this last paragraph here. If you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Monit uh, quote, monitoring our sewers is like taking the blood test of a city, said Ari Goldfarb, oh, CEO right. of Condo. Quote, the successful initial results of this pilot study demonstrate that our sophisticated wastewater monitoring systems can help detect new outbreaks and determine exactly where and how serious they are, along with our distinguished partners at Ben Gurion University and the Technion. Ooh, the Technion. We've demonstrated that we can offer actionable insights to authorities, alarming them to outbreaks. That's that's very correctly put. Alarming them to outbreaks before residents are symptomatic. Our hope is to help cities around the world prevent wholesale shutdowns and mitigate future outbreaks. And I think where you were going with this, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I got this this mushroom powder coursing through my veins. Um, <laughs> it finally hit is you. that you know when it comes to uh, you know getting your testing and the door to door testing that's been uh, you know threatened around the country and the world and uh, you know you got to submit to authorities so they can figure out if you're a danger and isolate you and things like that it seems like with this kind of technology, they don't even, you don't even need to consent. You don't need to consent to somebody coming to your door and taking a swab of your nose. Right. They can just uh, test the sewers at different intervals and figure out, you know, where some COVID is living within the city. They may not be able to like pinpoint it to your house, but they could at least know like, oh, this neighborhood has, you know, X amount of COVID in their sewage. Yeah. Let's lock down the whole neighborhood, baby. Yeah. Lock down the neighborhood instead of the whole state or the whole city. So this is for your own good. Slaves. Yeah, kind of like, kind of like going through your garbage. You yeah. Know? You know, you uh, look out there, you've got some guys in gas masks and bunny suits digging through your garbage. Well, it's kind of doing the same thing with the sewage system. That's very interesting. I mean, this is a whole different level of surveillance. You know, this isn't like, you know, looking, looking into your house or whatever. It's just your waste, you know, and yeah. then coming to conclusions about neighborhoods or just, you know, particular regions. I don't know, man. Very disturbing. If you ask me. Yeah. And well, it's note. again, kind of moving <laughs> on with pushing the boundaries of consentless surveillance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This is, there, there, this is one of those things where it's, it's almost zero consent unless you want to really be like, Hey, I don't want you touching my, my uh, excrements there and uh, my neighbors don't want it either. You know, you yeah. got to come to some kind of agreement within know. your neighborhood to, to try to I stop think, some stuff. I think once you flush that toilet, it's out of your hands. It's Mawilba <laughs> in the chat says sewer snitch. And that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Sewer that should have been the name kind of the brings episode. Up, kind of brings up the image of uh, the Ghostbusters movie where all the evil is congealing in the sewers beneath the city. Right. Making everybody sick and angry yeah, and aggressive. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. Now it's the coronavirus just living, growing, <laughs> waiting, learning. Okay. I think we're okay. done here. I got to get out of here. Okay. <laughs> I think 
short time here. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Remember, remember, we will stand in opposition together against the overwhelming economic system of this world by helping Gons and I uh, not have to rely and turn to advertising. What does that mean? That's commoditizing your attention and your trust and turning it around and selling it to corporations. We don't want to do that. And you can help us by supporting us, becoming a producer of the show. Head to patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk. Uh, Join up there. It's a great little community in Patreon. You know, we've never really mentioned that, but uh, Patreon has like a back end where it's, it's like a little community of people who support the show. It's like the Canary Cry Commando hangout zone. Um, So if you want to join, join up, help the show, take some ownership, take some responsibility for the media that's going out there in the world. If you value what we're doing here, uh, you can be a direct part of keeping it going and you know you can we are we're under 200 supporters you know i feel like a lot of people are thinking like oh a ton of people support the show already they don't need my dollar five bucks a month or whatever it is a small group a very small percentage of listeners who support the show. And so, you know, if you support us on uh, patreon.com slash CCNT, you are joining right as of this moment, you are in the top 100, sorry, top 200 of people who uh, support the show. You know, 200 people have, uh, in not counting Patreon, uh, sorry, PayPal, who have committed to keeping the show going. And so, you know, you, you join an elite group of people who produce the show. We couldn't do it without them. Um, if you, you know, it's a value for value model. If you get value out of the show, you have the opportunity to put value back in and the, uh, the big wheel keeps on turning. So we appreciate that very much. Thank you to all our new producers. Uh, thank you to the artists who sent in art. Thank you to Madeline for sending us your email about uh, rattling some cages. All that stuff is available to you, dear listener. Um, to interact with us, send us emails, send us art, that sort of stuff. Become a producer of the show in all sorts of ways and make sure to send us your uh, stories about rattling cages. Um, we, we enjoy it very, very much. It's great to know people are out there making it happen. Um, let's see here. You can also support the show, again, by leaving ratings and reviews. You heard in the email how important it is to leave ratings and reviews. Gons and I have no control over what the algorithms uh, do, whether they show the uh, podcast to people or not. That is up to you, dear listeners. So if you leave ratings and reviews, thank you very much. We'll read some on the show here in the next few episodes. Uh, You guys are the best. But here's the thing. Y'all have friends and family who are waking up and they need their cages rattled and you want to rattle it so bad. Well, great way to do that is to just share the show with them. Send them an episode. Tell them to download it. Let them know about Space Pope Reptilian. Tell them, let them know to take a deep breath. Everything's going to be fine. And uh, we will help them in that journey of waking up, realizing that the world is not what it seems. And if you need any other advice, here it is. You just walk right up to him, you grab him by the cage, and then you shake it. Rattle her cage a little bit more. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy. Rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that.
Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Cradle of you cages. Cradle of you cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right, everybody. Just ask Noah. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. We'll be back on Monday. That's right, Monday. Wow, what's the date on Monday? That must be the August third. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, August okay. already. August third. Holy Oof. smokes! Make sure to catch the show on August third. It's a Monday, sometime between noon and five p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So make sure to do the translation to your own time zone there. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll have more stories, more stories, more craziness. We'll let you know how they're going to be keeping an eye on you, not just your sewage. Who knows? <laughs> What's next? You never know. But there you go. We'll see you next time. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage. Shake things up, shake things up. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone. I wanna stir up some controversy. I wanna rattle a few cages. I wanna rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy, little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and warm in my people's zoo. I'll keep you safe and warm now in my people's zoo. You and you in my people's zoo. I'll keep the cameras on.
canaries in a cage. I'll keep you warm and safe in my people's zoo. 